Nothing kicks off week three of the Eastern Insider Podcast like a bunch of wins. Eagles go undefeated once again on the week in no better way to get your week started. It's Greg Steiner and Kyler Ludlow, uh, happy to have you along for week three. And boy, oh boy, it's nice to go a second straight week without having to talk about a setback. Volleyball's won five straight, football's 2-0, and soccer's won three in a row. Can it be stopped? I, I hope not. It's been a blast so far. The Obviously, the football team uh, getting the win at Purdue was something that we're all talking about around campus now. It's all uh, the fans and alumni are talking about. We love that. Volleyball went 3-0 and over the weekend. Jordan Smith picked up her 1,000th kill. She was the tournament MVP. And just recently, uh, as of this evening, uh, Monday evening, was named player of the week the offensive player of the week and then the setters collectively riley taylor and mallory rajeski also named the mac setter of the week so it's uh, just exciting stuff women's cross country beat western over the weekend always good to get a rivalry win and a big win over uic for soccer on sunday it was just a, a great weekend and uh yeah i we hope it keeps going you mentioned uh, two more players of the week that we did not mention. Tyler Wiegers directs the football team to the win over Purdue 20-19. to He collects MAC Offensive Player of the Week for the West Division. And on the special teams category, the walk-on freshman kicker Chad Ryland puts his name in the record book. The first walk-off kick for an Eastern Michigan student-athlete since going back to 1976. That was against Central Michigan in the Eagles' very first-ever Mid-American Conference win. Uh, so congratulations to those two individuals. And uh, not too late, they'll be on the road this weekend as they open up MAC play against Buffalo. But still an opportunity to get your season tickets right now. A pro-rated season ticket will get you seats in between the 40s, starting at just $75. You can call the EMU ticket office, 734-487-E-NOW, or go to emueagles.com slash tickets. So still an opportunity to get you a really good seat at Rynearson. Absolutely, and I think uh, focusing in on this podcast, we have the exciting news of we're now on iTunes, we are on Stitcher, we are on Google Play, and of course you can find us on SoundCloud as well, which I know was uh, something we were trying to get figured out in the early going. So not only can you find everything EMU Eagles on emueagles.com, but now you can get the podcast directly to your phone. Not a bad way, or if you want. Just tell us another way. You, you want it, we'll find a way to get it on whatever venue you want. But an exciting podcast in store for you uh, as you listen. Uh, we are joined by three head coaches, and then we also, again, uh, have a feature with our student-athletes. Yeah, Peanuts Gallery had a, a lot of good reaction to it the first time around, uh, and this time uh, Peanut gets to sit down with someone she knows a little bit closer than the average student athlete as uh, Julia Stevenson on the women's golf team is her roommate too so uh, just sit back and enjoy that <laughs> it's uh, it's quite the show so we've set the table for you now it's time to go inside the huddles with each of our coaches and we'll start with the 50 year head coach himself and that is Chris Creighton as I sat down with him to talk about the win over Purdue back-to-back wins for Eastern Michigan over a Big Ten opponent and what more can you say? They have as many wins in the last two years as Minnesota, Maryland uh, combined have combined for over the last two years and two more than what Illinois put up. So uh, without further ado, the head coach of Eastern Michigan, Chris Creighton. Illinois. 
Eagles knock off Purdue on the road with a 20-19 victory for their second consecutive win over a Big Ten opponent. Now joined alongside 50-year Eastern Michigan head coach Chris Creighton. And, uh, Coach, I know we've talked in the press conference, we've talked in a couple different settings, but a win over Purdue certainly is very impressive to the those around the country, but in your room, it's something that you guys have, have built for and now have, have hopefully strived to become more of a norm than just an outlier. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know that it's going to be a, a norm. It, you know, look, it's a big deal um, for us. Every game's a big deal. And then any game when nobody believes that you can do it becomes a, an even bigger deal. And, you know, when you're playing against a, a team or a conference that may have more resources and whatnot at their place, it's a big deal. So, yeah, don't want to – I'm not trying to minimalize at all um, what we did on Saturday. It was a awesome day um, for our program. There's no, no question about it. I just – I believe that this week will be a tougher – victory because the team that we're playing is in the Mid-America Conference and the team that we're playing, um, you know, ha has a goal of winning the MAC championship and is capable of doing so. And so I think we're going to get their best. And I don't know the Purdue program um, or anything like that, and this isn't meant to be disrespectful in any way, but I think it's a difficult challenge to get guys to be at their best and to be motivated to play a MAC team, play Eastern Michigan. And so I think in that way, this week is going to be a bigger challenge. In the game of football, certainly capitalizing on opportunities that, that present themselves. The Boilermakers turned the ball over a few times. They missed an extra point, missed a field goal. And in the game of football, you really have to, to take and, and seize on those opportunities. You do. I mean, both teams are going to make mistakes, and you're always going to try to capitalize um, on, on all your opportunities, and I, I think we did a good job of that. I think our defense, when we turned the ball over, the one time we turned it over, uh, we gave it to them on our 20-yard line. The, mate, the kid made a great play on the interception, and um, our defense held them to a three and out, and they missed the field goal. So a sudden change for us. Just a, a big deal for us in our program, a huge moment in the game, and it gave us a chance to be only down two with four minutes and 51 seconds left and the ball back in our hands. And that that was um, an awesome job by our defense. And then for our offense to eventually capitalize on them, it was a long drive um, and had to overcome some, some tough situations, the fourth and 15 you talked about earlier, and then uh, you know the chance to win it at the end. Guys did a great job. Your quarterback, once again, a, a solid day, 20 of 28, including a 75-yard strike to Matthew Sexton for the touchdown. We'll have highlights uh, from that game with Matt and Rob here in just a moment. But you look back at that, uh, his performance and on the season, he has been one of the best in the country, 38 of 49, a 77% accuracy rate. In with the likes of Jake Fromm from Georgia, Dwayne Haskins from Ohio State, and Will Greyer from uh, West Virginia, some very potent names that he's been a part of with his accuracy. Has that uh, been what you expected of him with his ability to throw the football? It's pretty good. It's pretty good. And, again, he'll be the first to tell you that, uh, you know, receivers are, are running routes and, and making plays, and, and our offensive line has, uh, has really um, given him protection. And they got to us a couple times with blitzes, and there's things that we got to get better at. But – um, overall, our offensive line is really protecting well. And, and Tyler, you know, is a combination 
of he's really bright and he throws a good ball and, and, he, and he's accurate. And so that's a pretty good um, set of ingredients for, for good quarterback play. You know, he's not going to force things, which sometimes you force something in there and it's a big play, but that's, that's, that's not who he is. And, and we think that we can win with that. Highlights certainly went viral of the final kick for freshman Chad Ryland. It was the Eagles' first walk-off winner since 1994 and the first walk-off in terms of a kick going all the way back to 1976. But uh, no better feeling than watching the ball fly through the uprights with zeros on the clock. Have you been a part of, of many walk-off victories like that? Um, I, I, you know, a couple, but you know what? It, 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 it doesn't matter how many. It, they're, they're all like the biggest thing that's ever happened to you in your life when it happens. <laughs> you know, I, I talk to any, any coach, I, I can't imagine that they'd say it any differently. It's just such a fun feeling. You know, it was, there was four seconds left. So I saw guys running out onto the field, and I, I snapped my head around to the scoreboard because I didn't know, you know, with four seconds whether it would be 0-0 or not. But uh, it was, and uh, so I joined them. <laughs> You now turn your attention to a 2-0 Buffalo squad. They sit right now as the only 2-0 squad in the MAC East uh, after defeating uh, Temple 36-29 on the road. A uh, non-conference victory for them over a American team that considers them a Power 6 conference opponent, uh, but a Buffalo squad that has put up stout numbers offensively, uh, but also uh, may have have people forget about how good defensively they are as well? They're they're a well-rounded team. You know the way that they've been built. Um, really admire it. They they're playing with um, a lot of a lot of players that uh, have experience um, in their program and, and playing college football. They're very well coached. They're sound, and then they they've got playmakers on top of that. You know on on both sides of the ball and. Um, they, they have, again, they have the ingredients uh, t- to be very successful. They've already shown that, obviously, in the first, uh, first two weeks. And so, um, you know, this is, this is going to be a, uh, a great early season MAC battle. Knowing that you haven't played them since 2014, uh, different coordinators, different uh, for EMU, and certainly an entire different staff for Buffalo. How do you go about uh, – really game planning knowing that it's kind of like a non-conference opponent and you haven't played them before in a situation like this right really haven't these two programs have not played each other um not in a a relevant way and concerning this game Um, however you know we've seen them through the last you know three and four years on film of course and, and they've seen us as well and um there is some familiarity with the staffs um, and so we have not played them, but uh, have seen them a lot. And uh, so not not completely a non-conference, like not, you know, don't know anything about them uh, scenario. But until you go head-to-head, um, it'll be the first time. Matchup that you touched on in the press conference, a battle of uh, former Division three head coaches, Lance Leopold, their head coach, uh, certainly had a lot of success at Wisconsin-Whitewater, and, and he's doing it now. Uh, what have you been able to see out of him and, and following your track record, both climbing the charts? Well, we've gone head-to-head once, and it's it, it was not a fun day uh, for me and, and my team. Um, he helped build um, 
an incredible power in Division Three football, and they they could beat a lot of people at different different levels. Um, and he knows what he's doing. And uh, again, just in some ways, you know, we've we've both been trying to build programs, you know, and and uh, so have admired him from afar. But we get a chance to to speak to and just uh, again admire his tenacity. Um, and I think he's really bright. Um, he knows what he's doing with building a staff, and he knows what kind of players uh, fit his program and, and his schemes. And, you know, four years later now, I mean, it just, it's obviously evident that he's very good at what he does. Coach, we wish you the best of luck as the Eagles try to go to 3-0 and for the first time since 1989. Best of luck this weekend in Amherst. Hey, thanks so much. Back after a quick timeout, Kyler and I roll on here on the Eastern Insider Podcast. For the first time in 2018, we get to hear from John Goodrich, the men's cross-country coach, who gives us a look at how things have gone so far and what we can look forward to from his team looking to defend its 2017 championship. And now I get the chance to sit down with 2017 MAC Coach of the Year, John Goodrich, JG. It's uh, another cross-country season is upon us, already a couple races under the belt. Uh, you lose some pretty key runners from last year's squad. What have you seen from the guys so far uh, that you like? Well, uh, certainly it's, it's, it's obvious of our graduation losses. Um, but uh, I, I've always approached every season the same way in that uh, it's a new year. And... Uh, it's a new team, and it doesn't matter if you have your entire team coming back or you don't have anybody coming back. Uh, you work with with your current team and try to, again, follow through with uh, just the same guiding principles of, of us trying to strive for excellence, and that excellence starts with personal excellence. I'm, I'm enjoying uh, the start of the year and it really is just the start of the year uh, we uh, did not come back particularly early mm-hmm. and um, we've had like a lot of teams we've had a lot of hot weather mm-hmm. of late and uh, so we're really just only being you get a glimpse of, of what this team uh, might have in store. Uh, we had on our opening meet, um, very pleased with our results. Uh, we had the opportunity to uh, race, quite honestly, most of the MAC mm-hmm. conference on the what will be the MAC championship course. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, very pleased with, uh, w- with that result. And uh, yes, we have a lot of uh, new people in the lineup, but I'm really excited about their future. I think, quite honestly, they're high school credentials, probably not really indicative of how talented they are. Mm -hmm. And uh, so uh, that's going extremely well. Uh, The boys are having a very nice uh, uh, transition to to my training. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm looking looking forward to the journey uh, with them. Well, two of the key returners from last year, Owen Day, who is MAC Freshman of the Year, indoor champion, and Austin Wicker, who is a junior team captain, um, maybe not necessarily the the oldest of guys, but what have they been able to bring to a, a new crop of Eagle runners? Yes, Owen and Austin and quite honestly, everybody else uh, on our squad uh, is facing uh, not only opportunities, but uh, uh, filling different roles. Um, 
somebody has to run number one <laughs> for us and number two and three and four and, <laughs> and five. And uh, so we, we have to learn how to sort that out. And uh, uh, from a coaching perspective, I have to try to figure out what might be our particular uh, best uh, team strategy. And uh, I know oftentimes uh, uh, other team sports, uh, th there seems to be a bit more understanding of that as a concept, mm -hmm. and, and, and rightly so, uh, but uh, even a cross-country team, uh, uh, much like a basketball team may play a 2-3 or a 3-2 or a 2-1-2, uh, racing strategy can, can be often done that way with a cross-country team, and uh, that's my job is to try to figure out what I think might be our best approach and how each of our individuals race uh, for the greater success of the team. And sometimes, sometimes you have to ask an individual to give up a little bit uh, uh, for their, what might be best for them individually, but for the sake of, uh, sake of the team mm -hmm. and it's just way too early for me right now to, <laughs> to know what that's going to be but uh, uh, that's something we need to we need to address uh, Austin um, uh, has had this is his third year mm -hmm. so he has had uh, uh, has had ample experience mm -hmm. and uh, he's just progressed wonderfully I think maybe as a freshman he was around 35th I think in the conference meet mm -hmm. and last year I believe he was ninth so um, that, that's something that we feel really, really strongly about. And uh, uh, Owen um, uh, uh, had a disrupted uh, fall last year, mm -hmm. but he did gain some experience. And uh, I, I think he's going to be a very effective uh, cross-country runner when we turn him loose. Well, Coach, congratulations on a, a good start. That We can't not mention the Triple Crown last year, winning the indoor and outdoor track championships as well as the cross-country championship, um, a feat that is it's hard to describe a, a how fantastic that is um, for the program. To say a, a few words, I know uh, that those players are gone now, but we didn't have a podcast last year to talk about it. Tell us about that accomplishment um, for your for your program. Well, rightly so. It, it was a, a, a special year, and uh, uh, we uh, unfortunately let let a couple triple crowns uh, <laughs> slip slip away from us a few <laughs> over the past couple of years. So, uh, uh, without sounding too greedy, uh, you know, we we. Wish there hadn't been as a little bit much of a wait <laughs> for, for the last one, but uh, um, it, it was uh, it was a, a, a fine, fine year, and uh, just uh, uh, got wonderful contributions throughout throughout the year. And uh, the uh, the outdoor one was was extremely hard fought. Uh, like lots of teams or most teams, we had challenges and obstacles to overcome, and. Uh, in a track and field meet like that, uh, we, we have some very fine track and field programs and teams in the MAC, and uh, it was nip and tuck throughout it. And uh, there were times things were going Akron's way, and other times they were going Eastern's way. So uh, it really was. It was a great competition, and to, to top it off by concluding the Triple Crown was, was certainly a, a, a wonderful accomplishment for the team and the, and, and the program. Absolutely. Well, Coach, 
I'm glad we're we're here. We're started. Best of luck as the season goes on. We'll try to talk to you or some of your guys again later on as we get closer to Max. Thank you very much. And uh, we'll give a shout out to our women's program. They had a, uh, a real nice uh, win over conference rival Western Michigan University this weekend. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. Another weekend of non-conference played down. One last non-conference weekend to go. The volleyball team was in action. We get to hear from Kimmy Olson about how it went and what to look forward to in the week ahead. Welcome back to the Coach's Corner. I'm Kyler Ludlow sitting down with Kimmy Olson, volleyball's head coach. A very good weekend for the volleyball team, traveling down to Williamsburg, Virginia, to take part in the Colonial Classic, hosted by the College at William & Mary. And Coach, a 3-0 weekend, but not just 3-0, really a 9-0 weekend, three sweeps uh, against Norfolk State, Savannah State, and William & Mary. Yeah, we went to Williamsburg to really just get comfortable become a little bit more consistent and hopefully find a lot of success and you know what I'm really happy about this weekend is just how confident and consistent our team played all weekend. Well, one of the things that showed that consistency was the team hitting percentage over the course of the weekend ended up averaging at 306 hit 430 in a match which was uh, about as good as it gets uh, since 2004 uh, nobody's hit that high in a match but then hitting 300 or higher in the other two matches uh, just showed some of that consistency yeah I've got to give a shout out to our setters who did a great job this weekend distributing the offense just finding the people that were hot giving them great balls and letting people go after it and especially Jordan Smith who had a great an- another great weekend for us Speaking of Jordan, 17 kills against Norfolk State to start off the tournament. And then on Saturday, she got the first kill of the match, and there was a quick timeout after because the the senior reached the 1,000 kill mark. Yeah, we wanted to, you know, just show our value of nonstop joy. And we took that timeout after the first point. And I know all the starters and maybe the other team was taken back by a quick timeout after we scored the first point but we wanted to just take a moment and slow down and just enjoy the celebration of Jordan's thousandth kill and the whole team had little poppers and we got to do a celebration behind the bench and uh, then we had to get back there and get uh, back to business. Well, Jordan finished the weekend, uh, had nine kills uh, in the three-set win over Savannah State, had another 12 against William and Mary, so just a great just sign of production for her. She started uh, her freshman year was your first year. How has she grown as a player um, and as a coach to see that process happen? How has that been for you? Well, to give Jordan all the credit in the world, you know, she deserved to play these four years. That girl works harder than anybody I've ever coached before. And so to her credit, she is going to get better because of the quality of training that we do in our gym and just how much um, that she wants to be good. So, yeah, Jordan had a great weekend offensively, defensively, and definitely at the service line, racking up four aces in two of the games or two of the matches and then a couple more in the other. Well, and Jordan's going to have an uh, opportunity to join some even more rarefied air. She was the 15th person to reach the 1,000th kill mark, uh, but has the 1,000 digs on the horizon as well. Uh, needs a, a few more. It'll be a, a couple more matches before that happens. But just talk about having that uh, type of player who plays all the way around like she does and plays it very well. 
Yeah, the outside hitting position just has to do it all. No excuses. If you're going to be in there for six rotations, you have to serve receive about every single ball. You've got to swing occasionally in system, but most of the time out of system. You can't be a blocking liability, and you've just got to be able to, you know, make good contact on the ball at all times. So Jordan has just put work in in every single one of those skill sets, and she's improved, and we look forward to her keep improving this season as we work hard, but just staying consistent like she has all year. Well, now the last weekend of non-conference play on the horizon this weekend playing at the Robert Morris Invitational against Robert Morris, Duquesne, and Houston. Three a little bit bigger name in the volleyball world uh, programs, including Houston, that's 11-1 and right now. Yeah, we're excited. Uh, we are moving up into some better competition. Our final weekend before we go into MAC play, and we think that these guys measure up with what we're going to see in the MAC. In fact, uh, a couple of these teams have already played some MAC teams in the preseason tournaments before this weekend. So, yeah, we are excited to see if we can stay with the same execution um, and the same distribution, just allowing all players to be hot at different times. Well, Coach, congratulations on a good weekend. Eight and three start. The ties the best uh, start on your tenure here at Eastern Michigan. So a uh, couple wins this weekend will be a new best. Good luck. Thank you. And now to close out this week's episode of Eastern Insider, our very own Nicole Remedios sits down with Julia Stevenson for this week's Peanuts Gallery. I'm Nicole Remedios, and this is Peanuts Gallery, and today I'm joined with Julia Stevenson. Hi, Julia. Hello. A uh, few questions. What team or what sport are you on? The golf team. Uh, what's your major here? Communication. Is it communications or communication? You're the one in it. Mm. How long have you been <laughs> golfing for? Uh, about going on six years. Nice, nice. First question here, why did you pick Eastern Michigan? Uh, close to home, not too far, and, you know, a lot of my family went here, so it just kind of worked out that way. That's nice. As I mentioned, we're roommates. How do you like living with me? I hate it. I just <laughs> it's great. I like having you next to me. If there was one thing I do that bothers you the most and you would like to change, what would it be? Be careful. <laughs> Nothing. I love it. <laughs> we have a little game we play. We like to scare each other. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If you ever want to see some good scares, check our Snapchats. <laughs> I think I'm the best at it, though. No. I got a good one another day. You did. Out of the four of us, you are the s easiest person to scare. No. You. I just have to stand there and you scream. No, but I'm more creative. I scare all you guys. How? All What's time. your best scare? I just, ah, jump out of the corner and I got you guys. No, but I had a good one the other day where I was in the bed, in the sweatshirt. Oh, that was my idea. I know, but I came up with it. We got Sabrina pretty good. Yeah, though. we did. So I think that was pretty creative. You know, the most creative one yet. Yeah. We also, we're a good prank duo team. Yeah, we did. We are pretty good. With our former roommate, Maggie, <laughs> we locked her in her room by tying <laughs> a string to her door. We had like a fan. It was yeah. a fan that we were using. And she just couldn't get out. A little parent trap moment. <laughs> <laughs> Had the syrup on top, it came down right on her. <laughs> but yeah, I think I'm the best at it though, so. So you said you've only been playing golf for six years. That's pretty impressive now that you're here playing Division One. 
I'm proud of you. Good job. Thank you. Um, you also said you have uh, family members that came here. What family members came here? My aunt, my cousins, and my mom also went here. That's really cool. What's the coolest place you've played golf? Arizona, for sure. Love the view, playing out there, looking at the mountains, and it was just a nice time. Like, where would you go around campus to eat, to get some food? Subway. Sub, 100%. 100%. So they know my order. <laughs> what is it? It's um, a foot-long turkey breast on sometimes Italian herb and cheese with some lettuce, onions, tomatoes, and jalapenos. Makes a little Italian dressing and mayonnaise. I go in there and like, same thing. I was like, yep. (laughs) Sounds yummy. (laughs) Thanks for joining me, Julia. This was Peanuts Gallery. I'm Nicole Remedios. And make sure you come out and check out women's golf this year. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to the Eastern Insider Podcast. We hope you had a great week, and we can't wait to talk to you next week. Go Eagles!